What's up, everybody, and welcome to the To, to the, the Wheels Fall, Fall Off Podcast. Podcast. I'm your host, Candace, also known as Spice from Spice Life TV. And this is my beautiful husband and co-host, Creed. How you doing, baby? Okay. What up, world? I'm Creed, and this is the podcast where we discuss relationships and reintegration, particularly as it pertains to incarcerated individuals and their families. And why is that, babe? Because I did 23 and a half years for a crime I didn't commit, and this woman rolled with me the whole damn time. And during that time, we fought for love, we fought for our right to reintegrate successfully into this lifetime, and we did. That's right, and we are going to continue to do that until the rules fall off, and we want y'all to come with us. Damn straight. So let's go. Let's roll. All right, so let's get into this episode. We're actually going to introduce you guys to a new segment that we're really excited about. Mm -hmm. If you followed me from back in the day, you know, Spice, Spice Life TV, Spice Rack, where y'all at? All of that. Y'all remember that I used to do a Support Assist Alive, and that was where I would um, find black businesses that I really liked and enjoyed, and I would bring them on a live show, and we would review their product, talk about their product, and they would tell us all about their business and them and all that stuff. And I enjoyed that so much. Mm-hmm. I love supporting black anything. You oh, know, sure. I root for all things black. And so I wanted to bring that into this world with both me and babe. Of course, it won't just be all women things. It'll be men and women. Mm-hmm. But if there is a product that is a black owned, black made product, we want to support that and shout it out. So 100%, let's do it. It is our honor. Today we have our first segment called For Us By Us. Mm-hmm. And our first guest on this week or on this segment is our very friend, new friends to the show. But it is a company called Easy Drip. Check it out, y'all. You see us? Easy Drip. Look at that drip. You see us styling? Okay, so these are our new friends with Easy Drip. And this is a special collaboration because Easy Drip is the founder. He is a currently incarcerated individual mm-hmm. who is working on getting out, but also wanting to make a difference while he's in. So, so let me read this. Easy Drip. What is Easy Drip? Besides advocating, get a grip on your drip. We are the voice of the voiceless, telling the world's story with our creative voices, community communicated through apparel like adolescents who suffer from adult depression in search of a superhero or individuals that are afraid to be identified by how they feel on the inside so mentally and emotionally they hide our clothing brand represents courage and self-pride supporting all lives is our belief and our frown face star is a reminder that we are all stars no matter how much life causes us grief damn right Get a grip on your drip. Damn right. That's what's up. So I reached out because they. I've been looking for different organizations that I wanted to sponsor. And this one popped up. And I reached out to his wife, who is running his business behind the scenes, which go girl. Her name is Jazz Marie. And her husband is Luca Dupree. Mm-hmm. And so she is helping him run his business from behind bars. And she says, my husband is an ultimate example, a person about prison community reform. For reform. His objective is to show people that our, your past mistakes can't define you. He wants to show the world that you can come home and not jump right into the street, but you can jump right into a meeting. And what better way in doing so besides having his eldest son right by his side and them doing he's starting his family business and they're doing building their legacy together. First of all, let's pause for a second. Can we give Jasmine Reed and Luca Dupree a hand for repurposing that pain and doing something about it, doing something positive about it? That's we what's like up, that. Y'all. We like that. That's, That's what we up. do. We like that. Clap for that. Good, good job, y'all. We yeah. are so excited. Okay, so we wanted to support, of course. So we went and spent our coin, y'all. We ain't asking to send nothing for free because yeah, if no, we no. support, we support. No, we ain't doing that. 
But I got me a nice hoodie. Look at this hoodie. And it's in the purple. You know I love the purple. And the <laughs> royalty do. just screams. But it's very soft, good quality. I love, let me, oh, where we go. I love the um, logo here. Mm-hmm. I love how it is. Because at first I thought it was saying like knee. I thought it was knee backwards. Yeah. But then you see the easy. I just think it's so creative and cute. It really is. And I the, was looking at it today too. I was looking at the logo. I was like, okay, I see what you did there. Easy. Yep, easy, I love and then it. The easy drip, drip right here. I love it. It's very cute. And me, I'm, you know I am. I'm very particular about my sweatshirts, the quality wise and yeah. whatnot. I put this on. It feels good. Good. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's long soft. enough. It's the long sleeves enough. come down to your your wrist. Yeah, it does me justice. I really I know, appreciate it. I like, I like. It. They're doing a good job. I'm so time. impressed and proud of you guys. Congratulations, bro. This I know is- how hard that is from behind bars, whether mm-hmm. you have help or not. And you know what I'm saying? Uh, kudos to you for having help, Jazz Marie. You're doing your thing, Holding girl. Holding thing down. But yeah. just the idea and the fact that y'all, whoever came up with the idea, y'all decided to um, just figure it out and make it happen. And now this is, y'all got you a family business going. Yeah, for sure. I think that's dope. And we are here to support. So anytime you drop in a new line, which actually I just saw, I believe you have your fall stuff coming out. I believe that just dropped either today or yesterday. But I saw that tag and I appreciate that. And we will continue to support and tag y'all and everything we can do. But congratulations to both of you and the best. Best of luck to you guys as well. Yeah, for sure. All right, you guys know we like us some snacks. Oh boy. <laughs> we Do love we us now. a little snacky poo. Now, my <laughs> problem is I didn't have this open before we started. That's okay. You yeah. have one job, sir. I know. One job. Well, I put lotion on my hands today. You so did. I did. Can we give a round of applause for some moisturized hands I ain't give in the building? Round of applause because y'all just gonna be looking at my hands while I'm clapping. <laughs> okay, so we got our little snack box for the week or for the month, and let's see where we're oh, going today. Ooh, boy. baby, we going to the Caribbean. Do you say Caribbean or Caribbean? I was Caribbean? Just about to say that. I was about to say which one do you say? I say Caribbean. Say uh, Caribbean I, uh, yeah, I think queen. I said Caribbean. Caribbean queen. That's yeah, well. <laughs> Caribbean. Billy queen. Ocean for you youngsters out Caribbean there. Caribbean queen. <clears throat> the Caribbean is where we're going. Let's get there. And, and this bag right here just reminds me of Cheetos. Yeah, so I was instantly intrigued. Okay, so let's see what they're talking about this week. So we're going to the Caribbean. We're going to get us some, um, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, I believe, five or six snacks. Oh, no, seven, eight. We got quite a few snacks in here today. Some chicken chips, some Ovaltine crackers, spice bun, cherry berries. There's all kinds of goodies in this box. Mm. So let's get into it. I like this Olay. This Babe, what are you ranch. trying to try first? Look this, at all this. That Olay, that Olay, extreme, yeah, it said yeah, extreme yeah, ranch yeah. on it. I want to see if it's got extreme ranch. Extreme ranch chips. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing, you know, is this like a cool ranch knockoff? That's what I'm thinking. Let me help with that bag. I got it. I'm just saying. Babe thinks when he's around, I can't do nothing. I'm just so helpless. Hmm. hmm. Okay, there's a light flavor smell. Yeah. Cheers. Chips. <laughs> hmm. Okay. It's um. Not bad. It's a Dorito with a lot less uh, spice seasoning on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lightly seasoned Dorito. Yeah. Cool Ranch. Not so much less that I don't want another one, though. Yeah, and I normally don't like a lot of seasoning on my chip. But I could go for a little more, actually. That's not bad, though. No, actually, okay. That one was better. Hmm? This one I had was better. Mm-hmm. Okay, That's but, not bad. Okay, but don't they give you slightly stale? No, they do. I was See, I didn't want to... 
But I don't know if it's stale or if that's just the way. Their style, yeah. I want a little more fresh tasting. Mm-hmm. A little crispier. With the, you know? Yeah. But they are good, though. I mean, definitely could get them. Those could get taken down easily. They're they going to get taken down during this episode. Let's try something sweet. Ooh. Okay, this is called a chocolate digestive. What is that supposed to do? Does that help you go to the bathroom? I, I don't know. I don't... Is it like a probiotic? A chocolate digestive. Ooh. Lord. Oh my God, woman. Okay. <laughs> Premium chocolate digestive. It doesn't say really. We're what... about to find oh, out. Oh, a look. chocolate flavored coat wheat biscuit. Okay. Chocolate cookie. Oh, it's just one. This mm. looks like something I've had before. I can't, mm-hmm. I can't think of it. It tastes it. like Keebler. Mm-hmm. It tastes like those Keebler um, stripe cookies. Okay. That's actually good. I don't I know like if I'm it. getting aftertaste from that, though, also. Mm. But it's not too much chocolate. It's got a good cookie in it. It's got a nice little crunch. Yeah. Oh, we that. didn't even say that this is this is the munchie segment. The munchies got the munchies. I don't even think we said that. Got I the think munchies. You did. I don't know, but y'all, we started this um, because we ain't, maybe ain't got his passport yet, and so we travel in the world through the, the snacks until we can go travel in the world for real. For sure. But we getting there, babe. We, we close, right? There. We get there. We getting close. All right, next one. Ooh, if it ain't cheesy. These are like clearly some cheesy volts. Yeah, Cheeto Cheeto replicas. Okay. I mean, they have all of the. It looks like a Cheeto bag. Different name, brand name though. Mm-hmm. Do they smell like Cheeto? They don't look like Cheeto. Mm-mm. Supposed to be paws. They have. So I don't know if you can see, but they're a little more orangey. Like a, their orange is a little orangier. Mm-hmm. You ready? Yeah. Mm-mm. No. That ain't it. That, I mean, that tastes, there's a little spice in the back of that. Oh. On the back end. There is a little kick. I do like the kick, but I don't know. That gives me, it gives me um, a processed taste. Very processed. Well, I mean, it is going to be processed, but you know, I know what you mean. But the super processed yeah, taste, that's it what It kind of I mean. tastes like, you know how you get knockoff stuff and sometimes the knockoff tastes just like the name brand, but yeah. then other times the knockoff tastes like a knockoff. That's what that tastes that like. That tastes like a knockoff of the knockoff. Um, okay, let's see. We'll do. I was hoping you picked that one. We'll do this. This is the Charles Chocolates Tiki Gold Hazelnut. Mm. Mm. Okay. Let's see here. Huh? Oh. Oh, it's wafer. got wafer in there. Mm-hmm. We like wafer. Mm-hmm. That's good. I like the. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not. It don't have too much hazelnut because I don't really care for hazelnut that much as much as most people do. But yeah, it's good. It's it tastes good. good. I would finish that. Thanks for joining. Hey, world, check this out. Thanks At some point in this podcast, <laughs> I want you to pay attention to the beginning, and then towards later on in the show where she where she don't have no headphones on. <laughs> She wasn't properly invested in y'all today. Oh wow! I was. No, I like that though. That's pretty good. It is pretty good. Um, it kind of has that taste of like the um Kit Kat chocolate over the top. 
mm-hmm. but not like a Kit Kat. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Okay, so this is a like coconut <coughs> and pineapple. Um. Did you? I looked up and he looked. He was looking back like oh, I'm He said, "Excuse me." <laughs> Oh my god! That was so funny. Uh, oh, anyway, the timing of shit sometimes. Like. <laughs> you look like excuse <laughs> me. <laughs> anyway, this is a coconut and pineapple, some kind of like snack. It says. You already know I'm not gonna like that, but I'm gonna try it. You didn't try it. I didn't even think you would try it. I'll try it if I can get it open. Mm. See hmm. when you do that. Mm. Mm-mm. Hmm. It is literally. Mm-mm. It is literally just pressed coconut that is flavored with pineapple. It's only coconut here. Mm. I don't know the hand like coconut, but if you don't like coconut, <laughs> I can't stand coconut. If you don't mm. like coconut, then here we are. Why do I feel like I'm getting allergies? Do you? Yeah. Mm. I don't know. My eyes are watering. That's where that sneeze came from. Like, it been coming for like two minutes. But anyway, <laughs> not the pressed coconut. So this would be probably the same coconut and guava as oh, that one. Let's it, just try it. Yeah. Because I like coconut. I don't mind coconut, but I don't necessarily need flavored I'm gonna coconut. I'm going to let you have that. That, that one's pretty gross. Mmm. Mmm. Actually, this black one is better. You yeah. can't really taste the coconut because just a little spike. The, gu- the guava takes over. Mm-mm. No? No, I got a big coconut piece. Oh, you must have got... Yeah. Mm. I'm sorry. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> I can say for sure, for sure, I don't care for that, but... Do you like bananas? I like banana chips. Banana chips is... Bam! Yeah, a banana chip. Even though, because I don't really like fresh bananas. I'm not a big banana fan, mm-hmm. but I do like banana flavor and banana chips I can do. And they're thin and crispy. I like them like that. Oh, yeah. Oh, not what you're expecting. They're plantain. These I are think not... it's probably a mix. Oh, is there some sweet? No, it was, well. Hmm. These are definitely plantains. They are not banana. Yeah, it don't taste nothing like a banana. No. At all. Like, you do something you can just eat for the crunch all yeah. day. Because they don't really have that much of a taste. See, that's crazy. They got plantains on the front. They plantain got the plantain on? in the front right here. Ooh, wait, no. That was hot. I can't do it. <laughs> right there. <laughs> and then this. <clears throat> and then it says banana chips. It ain't no banana. Maybe they. Do they call them bananas over there? I don't think so. Hmm. Okay, this is our last one. Ooh, no, I love a ginger snap. These are called ginger biscuits. Mm. Never like ginger snap. What? Never like ginger snap. Oh my God, I love me a ginger snap. Oh, they're cookie. Oh, no, they're just. Mm. I thought they were filled. All right, let's go. Mmm. See that? It's a ginger biscuit, so. It's not as gingery as a ginger snap. Yeah, but I would like it more taste. gingery. It's giving me that taste, though. Well, I'm glad to know you don't like ginger snaps because I'm going to buy me a box and I'm not going to share. Mm-hmm. They're going to be all you. 
These I could have a mm. little more ginger, but they're good. With a nice cup of tea? <sighs> Sound like you from the UK. First of all, we need we need to cultrify your tone. Your cult your tone needs to be culture. She's talking about. Huh? <laughs> Alrighty. Okay, what where culture did you go to? Huh? What culture did you go to? Africa. <laughs> well, it's not a country, it's a continent, but I showed where I was traveling. Put the snacks in here. I traveled to South Africa. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Anyway, thanks for Put it back in the box. <laughs> thanks for going with us to our Caribbean trip. Yeah, for real. <laughs> we back now in the States. <laughs> <coughs> My it's quite God. ghetto here. Mm. Okay, get Ooh. yourself together because we've got a show to do. All right, so <laughs> let's get this episode started. And today's topic is about the programming. Mm-hmm. Um, we were asked, what kind of programming is there in prison? And it's more than just like a Ice Girls question because there's so much. So we mm-hmm. thought we'd go ahead and just kind of dedicate an episode to that. And we'll just talk about um, how Babe did his program programming, what that included, mm-hmm. and kind of where I fit in the mix on that. <laughs> yeah. So initially with programming in prison, and that that is a lot of times the basis on which a lot of incarcerated individuals uh, base where they want to be transferred to because they hear about what type of institution offers what programs, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> Excuse me. So on the, on the surface, you know, you're going to have your normal GED classes and whatnot, which is for people, if you come to prison and you do not have a high school diploma or a GED, at least here, mm-hmm. it's mandatory that you take that. So <clears throat> let's start there. That's the, <clears throat> so you have to do a GED if you want to get into any programming, you start with the GED. You have to start with the GED. Okay. You know, and also, uh, they also have it to where, and I don't know if this is still the case since I've been, since I've been um, out, but you, if you didn't have your GED, it was mandatory you did that. So before you get a job, you can get, a, you can get both. But they wanted you to have your GED, so you go get that class before you get a job. Really? And um, yeah, you have to be signed up for that. And so there was no like you being out on the yard all day just kicking it and all that. You was in class. Good. That was <clears throat> that was mandatory. I like I said, the reason why I don't know if it's still like that since I've been gone because a lot of things have changed since I left. As far as COVID, when mm-hmm. COVID hit, nothing went back the same. So I don't know if that's still the case. So I don't want people to think I'm not accurate. <clears throat> but um, so you have that, and then you have other programs in there that that help individuals. So you have some some institutions, that's why I was saying people base their transfers on this. They may have a contract with a certain college program. And so what happens is you have these college programs that have classes left over that weren't paid for out on the street. So let's just say, as an example, University of Washington may have a bunch of psychology classes mm-hmm. that not a lot of students took and whatnot, and they have professors that were offer these programs. Mm-hmm. So what they will have is a something called University Behind Bars. That's at Monroe. And guys can come up here and take these classes, these actual accredited courses from colleges that have given them the fundamentals and given them the structure to be able to take these courses and whatnot. So back when, <clears throat> back when I was doing it, they didn't have uh they didn't have instructors coming in. They had like people who used to be instructors who were retired that would come in and teach the class and all that two, three days a week. And guys were getting psychology degrees and whatnot and, and stuff that <clears throat> was offered at, like I said, at prisons that they didn't have anymore. So you had guys in there getting real street level education in prison. But again, 
it was very few that actually wanted it. Mm. We talk a lot about re-entry re, uh, uh, re as it pertains to, excuse me, you talk about education as it pertains to re-entry a lot. And I always say that re-entry and, 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 um, and um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Reintegration? Um, no. Um, Recidivism? <laughs> when you go to prison and they saying- um, Reacclimate? <laughs> Is it start with the R? I think so. Um, damn it, what's wrong with me? Re-entry. Um, re re in the, uh, They say you're going to prison to be fixed. What's the word I'm looking oh, for? Oh, rehabilitated. Yes, okay. rehabilitated. Woo! $500, God give that lady some points. So <laughs> I always say rehabilitation is a choice. Part of, as, as education pertains to reentry, that is also a choice. And not a lot of people took that choice and said, I'm going to go take these, these classes. Why do you think that is? They're time consuming, number one. Number but two- But what else do you have to do? Exactly. Oh, Exactly, okay. that's my point. But that's what I'm saying, that's the mentality. Like, man, I don't want to be there all day. I don't want to be there for two, three hours a night. But where Sometimes else are you gonna be? Exactly. That's my oh. point. I'm just saying it's a choice. Hmm. It's, it's not it's not hard, but some people don't make that choice. That's why we here to tell people that you need to make that choice to do that. Well, I guess I'm I guess I'm asking that is like, <clears throat> so if you know that there's nothing else to do and you're saying that that's the reason not to do it, are you just like what I, I guess I don't understand that thinking. Yeah, it's a, a lot of guys make excuses. See, here's the thing. No, there's nothing to do in the joint, right? But I mean, you want to be on the yard with your boys for three hours in the evening after dinner, or you want to go to the gym and lift weights for the rest of the evening, or you want to sit in the house and watch the games that's on TV and whatnot, or sit in the day room and play cars and pinochle and dominoes and all that type of shit. Guys do that. To them, that education gets in the way of stuff like that. And yeah. I'm only speaking of the, I'm only speaking of the ones that do that that do that and, but the thing is it's the vast majority of the population mm. because it used to go to the ubb classes and it would be sparse it would be like spaces it would be computers they're open and guys never want to be taking really? classes yes <clears throat> wow that's and surprising. so yeah very surprising and so the only drawback the only thing that um the only thing that wasn't good as far as on doc's part was that if you had a lot of time mm. they will only offer these to people who had a short amount of time because they felt they can get the they can get the degree, and get out and do it. something about yeah. it. But if you're gonna sit be sitting in prison for twenty years, what do you need a psychology degree for now? So you weren't on the priority list. The thing is, what they didn't understand is that there's guys that's trying to get these degrees because they are trying to make sure that people like the clemency board know that I have something to offer to society if you do if you grant me the honor let me mm -hmm, out. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> And so, so you got a guy sitting here with a life sentence or whatever, and he wants to go to the clemency board, but they're not giving him the opportunity to get the education that the clemency board is going to be asking, do you have? That's also interesting, too, that they think that that is a good idea, or just the model is that if you have a lot of time, then you should just keep your mind idle and not do anything until you get closer to the end. Basically. Because, I mean, that kind of goes against everything you've always said, was like, if you're not using, basically, if you're not doing it and using it, you lose it. You do. So if you're not encouraging them <sighs> to use their mind or like learn those, um, just the time management or communication skills or any of that, and then now they've been in there for 20 years, mm -hmm. about to get out at 22 years, and then now all of a sudden you want to let them start learning again? That's very true. And that's another reason that a lot of guys don't take the classes because mm. they're, they're going to be challenged mentally and there's not a lot of people that are comfortable with that. And so, yeah, a guy may feel like, he might be telling the guy on the yard, like, yeah, I'm smart, I'm sharp as a motherfucker. Like, I do this, I did that. And, you know, when I was out, I was doing this. 
and then they get in the classroom and it's like they're they they realize how far behind they actually are mm. and so it was intimidating for a lot of guys to go on these college you're talking about college level classes yeah. and some of these guys never thought about going to college in their life right so it's very intimidating and so guys would not sign up for them for that reason also um <clears throat> and then and so I watched a lot of guys become successful in those type of co college courses. The Devin Adams and the, the uh, Anthony Wrights, you know, yeah. those type of people. They were leading those classes. They were TA in those classes. So they were make sure that guy, they knew the guys had this, men this mental block. Mm -hmm. And they were trying to lead them through it by giving them confidence and saying, hey, you can do it when they come into the class. Because a lot of guys come in there and see that, see that computer or come in there and see that workbook and be like, no, I don't well, want to do this. Well, I mean, so that kind of reminds me of just like you coming home mm -hmm. and you seeing the computer or just seeing different, like the phone and all the electronics mm -hmm. and that was so overwhelming to you. Mm -hmm. That was a great example of why it should be something that they're using all the time. Mm -hmm. So it's not so scary because if you've been away from all of these things and for the last 20 years, really the last 10 years, everything went from touching or typing to now it's touch and it's mm -hmm. a whole new world. Mm -hmm. So I can't, I can't imagine how well, I can't imagine because I've seen it, how it, uh, intimidating that is for you it, now. Yeah. I mean, because I remember when I was locked up, I wanted to take a, a computer class. I was one of the guys that had all the time. They wouldn't let me take it. Then when I got low enough to possibly take the class, when I got to camp, mm -hmm. they didn't have the class. Mm -hmm. So, excuse me. Yes. When I came home. I see a laptop, computer, a phone. I was like, I don't want to have nothing to do with it. He would avoid it like the plague. I didn't want to have nothing to do with it. Like, I don't, I don't care if it was like uh, applying for a job. I wanted a piece of paper to write to put on an application instead of doing it online. Like mm -hmm. I wanted I wanted what I saw when I was before what I got incarcerated. Do. Yeah. You know, and so it was it was very intimidating. And um, and no, I didn't like that. It wasn't a good feeling. So I can only imagine if other people have those type of hang ups about education, period. Mm -hmm. I can see what the pushback would be. But here to let you know, for somebody who's out here right now in the midst of it every single day, you need to do it. If you're incarcerated, you need to get as much educational education, knowledge, experience as they offer, because you know Department of Corrections doesn't usually offer you very much in terms mm -hmm. of helping you. Mm -hmm. Anything that they offer, you should try to take it. Yeah. Like be hungry about it because this world is not slowing down. Mm -mm. It's changed a lot since I've been home. And to this day, I mean, I've been almost out. <clears throat> I've been out um, going on three years here, and the world still looks different to me every time I step outside the house. So that can help you in your reintegration tr tremendously. So I, I, I impl implore brothers to do that. I mean, I will say, um, just from the the people that I've had encounters with that have done a lot of time. And just also from the testimonies I get about my husband and people, their comments about how he has reintegrated and how they're so shocked that he's done so much time and he comes out and he is articulate and can explain himself and he's communicative and he knows how to use his words. He's very, um, well, he's he's working on being more emotionally uh, available, not available, but expressive, mm -hmm. but he knows what those things are. And I completely think that it has to do with the program he did because of the interactions that you had mm -hmm. the communications you had the people come from coming from the outside that you had to really learn how to like work with them and build mm -hmm. with them and that's a skill that you have to practice too because I will tell you 
before the pandemic, I was missed all over the place. <coughs> Everybody knew me. I was in everything. Pandemic happened and you shut it down and I stopped using that that talking and that communicating. And it is I'm still trying to find my way back to it. It's mm. it's a it's a skill that needs to be used mm. in order to get good at it. And the few times that you were able to really take advantage of that, you did. And I definitely think that's made a huge yeah. Uh, impact on how you are now. I think so too. I think so too. And it wasn't just education, educational classes that did it. It was a lot of programming that came um, with these institutions. Like I said, depending on what institution you were at, that really it brought about making you look at yourself, mm -hmm. making you acknowledge certain things, making you learn how to make amends for certain things that you've done on the streets to people, um, that or things that you've done that have caused effects on people that you don't even know and so you had stuff like bridges to life you had the ready for release programs um, um what's that the, man class it was something to a man um real man class it yeah. was a real man class and it was more christian based and mm -hmm. then there was also um the one where you went to the church out on the streets oh, um, um kairos 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. So let me break those down a little bit, like it's just not to give you the whole thing, but this is a little summary. Like Kairos was a program where men came into the prison and they were there for the weekend. They come on Saturday and Sunday. Mm -hmm. And there I think that the biggest uh, attraction for the incarcerated individual was like they come in with real food, like they were bringing prime rib. They were serving you Cookies. breakfast, lunch, dinner, <laughs> and then you just had real homemade cookies made by the wives of these uh, men that were coming in. And so you had that all day. So the incarcerated individuals think I'm ready to go eat. Mm -hmm. They know that. They know you're coming for that. But while they're doing that, they're going to really try to feed you. They're going to try to feed your soul. And it was it was Christian based, like I said, but it wasn't like preaching or anything like that. It was just being around good men mm -hmm. that were saying, you know, I love you. And this is how I love I show I love you. Yeah. And you're you're not you're not you're not all bad, you have redeeming qualities. Mm -hmm. And so um, when you, by the end of the second day, you're like, damn, like they got me, you know they got you. But that was the whole plan. The, the plan was to, um, to open up your eyes first to the food and then open up your heart to everything else. Mm -hmm. And they, I think they did a tremendous job in that. I went to it, I did it. And I ain't gonna lie, I think I called you after he the second was I was pumped. like, man, this is dope because that was the first time when I was incarcerated that I actually did see I had redeeming qualities Aww. because at the, at the before that I was just me. Yeah. And I felt like I was a, a, a good dude, but I didn't realize that I had some bad shit in me that I needed to work on. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And they didn't present it to me like that. It was just like you start, you saw examples of good men and you was like, okay, that's mm -hmm. what a good man looks mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. you know? And, Mm, there's really nobody good. in the there's nobody in the prison system that's doing that on a daily basis. So right. a guy is walking around, whoever he was when he was convicted, that's who he's trying to be. Right, because it ain't like the guards are good. Yeah, they're not demonstrating good men behavior. Yeah, <laughs> they're just as trash as the people incarcerated. A hundred percent. Very rarely do you hear guys on the yard say, um, "Yeah, I'm in for robbery, but I'm not a robber." No, guys say, "Yeah, I'm in for robbery." I didn't took shit from everybody. Mm -hmm. I didn't did wooty wop wooty wop. Yeah, I just shot a bunch of motherfuckers. And mm -hmm. that's, that's, how, that's how they talk. So to have the guy in there that says, yes, I'm in here for murder, but that's not something I do anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not living like that no more. You very rarely heard that. And nine times out of 10, it's because somebody has shown them that 
you don't have to be what you're here convicted of. Mm-hmm. So Kairos was one of those. And so on the flip side, the cool thing with Kairos is they had another, they had the opposite side for the loved oh, ones. Yeah. yeah. So Babe called me, he was all pumped, gave my information to these people and I was a little I irritated because I'm like, I don't want to be bothered. I did. Um, and he gave me the information. It was supposed to be like a weekend where you go spend the night. They they feed you and all this stuff. And I'm just thinking like, ugh, because I, I kind of stayed away from all of the like prison wife things. I was mm-hmm. I was on my own island. And so he convinced me to go. And actually, Steph went. Stephanie went with me. Mo's wife, do you remember? Mm-hmm. Oh, um, that's right. She was there, and she was like all in. Like mm-hmm. that was her thing. And so I just remember going. I had a a pretty kind of closed off. Uh, uh, mine at first but it was literally when you're just met with genuine love and people just really just are like we just want to love on you that's mm-hmm. it we don't want anything else from you it mm-hmm. was nice plus like you said the food was good mm-hmm. the company was good the activities were good it was just a nice little women's getaway yeah. and so they shared stuff that the men shared he had wrote a letter and had the letter sent to me or something it was like a gift or something that yeah. they'd made for us so it was just a nice thing yeah. that we kind of were doing together, but not together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. I forgot because you were you you were you were you weren't as sparked as I was at the end of no, it. But I was you definitely, not. But see, at with the beginning, her, but at the end, I was I was pumped. Yeah. The beginning, I was like, "What is he got me into?" <laughs> yeah, trust white me, girl. Folks, I gotta go be with these white folks and some more. You gotta trust <laughs> me, girl. You crazy as hell. But here's another thing I forgot to mention. So I told y'all how they. They feed us and they give us the cookies, the guys that are participating. But for the entire population of the prison, they would send you bags of cookies at night. And these, like I say, were homemade. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like it was advertising because these guys that eat these cookies and they ain't had, they ain't, these are not like the packaged cookies. Right. These is like these Real wives butter. have been cooking for, yeah, for weeks and days and they continue to cook throughout the weekend to make sure they're fresh. And then, um, they give, they give bag, they hand out bags of cookies to everybody. And so guys is like, I want to do this next time. Mm-hmm. If the cookies is like this, then what's the food like, you know? So it was kind of like a little advertisement. Fast forward, it was such a uh, impactful program. DLC ended up coming up with a rule that says nobody can bring food into the institution from the streets anymore. And Kairos knew that wasn't going to draw people right. just to come for the program. As sad is, as it may be. It's so sad. It, that's sad that they knew. Like, you need the food to draw people in. They, they knew. They stopped it. And then Kairos just never came in again. And so my last, I would say, like, seven years incarcerated, they they never came in after that. And what was <clears throat> DOC's reason? They were trying to say that it could be contaminated mm-hmm. because the transferring of it, mm-hmm. you know, didn't hurt when you transfer food from your car to our trailer visit. That's it's the same true. exact thing, but they would have to. Right, what's the what's the difference from it being contaminated from when they picked it up from the store and brought it to the prison? There's no viable reason for them doing that. They just did it because they didn't want that program there anymore. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's if you're, if, that makes me sad. If you're if you're a guy that works there, you're an officer that works there, and you 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 prey on people's uh, downfall and their misery, and you get to see that every single day. Guys was coming out of Cairo's happy. Mm. And they was not liking that. Mm. They was not liking to see guys going like this back to their cell. Yeah. Back to your cell. See, but that, like, okay, when we talk about prison and we know that prison is for bad people, I get that. I absolutely understand that from the bottom of my soul. What I don't understand, though, is just because you're a bad person, like, I... 
and maybe it's because I haven't had to, unfortunately, have had someone do something to me so heinous that I just don't can't find any like um, cordialness or just hospitality or just humaneness to them. Mm-hmm. But when you see someone, especially when you see someone that's done something awful, when there's a spark that shows that there's a side of them that they could do something better, I don't know why that's hated on so. Mm-hmm. Instead of encourage and like, yeah, he sucks as a human being, but this is kind of giving me some, maybe he doesn't suck as a human being. Maybe there is something in there we can spark and really bring that out. Like that to me is where you f- see the rehabilitation start. Mm-hmm. And then for them, it was like they really tried to find every reason to stop it. The mission statement of the system is, is about rehabilitation. The actual system is about punishment. Yeah. So if you're working there, and you're supposed to, and you're saying I'm supposed to be punishing these guys, or they're supposed to be being punished for whatever they did. And then you see that this is not punishment; it makes them mad. That is exactly why they get mad, and that lets you know that it's not about rehabilitation. That is, but that's that's even more crazy to me that you're saying that being in prison and you getting cookies in prison takes away the punishment of you being in prison. That is exactly what they feel. Like it's prison. Mm-hmm. I, I don't get why how a cookie takes that pr- that punishment away. I get it if you were getting it every day. I get it if it was like all the time and you're just getting everything you, your grandma made for you. I can understand that. But the when it's connected to a purpose for trying to make you better because they come back. I think that's the part like you don't people don't think about mm-hmm. as enough is that they're not in there forever. Yeah. They come yeah. back. Yeah, we used to tell people that all the time. You don't like, want them to come back the same way they left. Anytime we I would get into a uh into an argument or something with a CO. And then, you know, a lot of times it was usually about the fact about stuff like that. Like, you guys not supposed to be having this, not supposed to be having that. And I was like, I would always say, like, what do you want it to be like while we're in here? Because that dude right there gonna end up being your neighbor. Mm-hmm. It's not just we coming back to society, we come back to community, we come back to neighborhoods. We're gonna be mowing your grass to see a guy across the street one day that was incarcerated. He probably lives next to a guy that was incarcerated right now. I don't mm-hmm. even know it. Mm-hmm. It's, this is what you want coming back, knocking on your door, asking for sugar? This is what you want to do? Because not everybody in here is just going to do this revolving door and keep coming back to prison. A lot of guys are going to get out and be your neighbor, and you need to treat people accordingly. But they couldn't see that logic. Nobody can see past their nose. So they're not thinking ahead like that. Yeah. And it's sad. <laughs> and, and so uh, moving on from that, you had um, another one called Bridges to Life, which I particularly like because – you had a group of people that came in and it was started by um, uh, uh, this, the one in this area is actually started in Texas, but the one in this area was started by a lady who had very heinous thing done to her daughter. Mm-hmm. And instead of uh, being miserable and hating the person that did the crime, um, she decided to do something about it. She decided like, just like I was just saying, people coming back to the community. She said, we have to go in here and do something with the guys that have this mentality of destroying lives and change them. So she started this program where they would come in and basically the mission statement for Bridges to Life was, it's not enough to uh, acknowledge a crime, you have to make amends. And so, and that's that's something that nobody's ever taught. Mm -hmm. When you're a kid, you're always taught Say say you sorry. So mm-hmm. everybody can apologize for it. it. We all know how to apologize for something we did, yeah. but we're not taught how to make amends. Yeah. And so that was one of the big things they were real, real. They were really geared towards, and it was very helpful and impactful because you had to tell your story in that class. 
which a lot of us is not down to do because. So your story meaning like how you got to where you're there. Yeah, yeah. Tell very stuff that was impactful to make you the person that you are. A lot of people don't talk about that stuff on a regular basis. Along, and then you're sitting around a group of people who you don't really know and you have to tell this story, but the reason behind it was so that they would get to be able to all know you better and we can get through this program based upon knowledge, based upon a knowledge that we now have about you. So I know you've been through some stuff or I know that you've been molested as a child and all that. There's just certain ways I'm going to deal with you going forward mm -hmm. to make sure you get this message. Mm -hmm. And so um, <clears throat> it was like I said, it was very impactful because you saw guys in there that that I was incarcerated with that never spoke a word. And the first, first time I heard them speak was in this class. And then they just like break down. It would be dudes mm -hmm. that you would never, ever, ever expect because they're dealing with certain traumas. Like I say, that nobody ever gives the arena to speak about. Number yeah. one. Number two, you have these workbooks that are asking you these questions. And what I've been learning is when you, somebody asks you a question and you have to fill it out, that's probably the very first time you've ever really delved into that question, mm -hmm. whatever it's about. Mm -hmm. Personally, you're writing something down and you're like realizing stuff about yourself and how you really actually feel about what may have happened to you in the past to get you to come to prison. Mm -hmm. And as you're writing, you're just like, damn. Now you have to take this. And when you go to the Bridges to Life class, you have to answer these questions in front of people. So that's the second time you're talking about it. Mm -hmm. So now what the program has done is it's given you two opportunities to talk about this and acknowledge what's happened to you, why you are the way you are, what do you want to do about it? Now the thought process starts in your head. Maybe you, next time you call your mom, you talk to her about this. Like, mom, you, do you remember when this happened to me? Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't even realize that, that that's probably why I don't like anybody. That's probably why I've been out here at Terra and been managed out here on the streets. Stuff like that, it, like it happened a lot. I feel so. like that program definitely was one where I saw the most change in you too. Like, um, really? yeah, definitely. Es especially as far as like talking about your stories and like what was going on with you or how it led to you, the things that led to you mm -hmm. being who you are, especially like, uh, it's kind of like it was a lot of shadow work. Like you were going back to find out what happened in your childhood, what encounters you had that kind of Spark the seed mm -hmm. that planted the seed mm -hmm. or sparked the fire, and you yeah. were share, you shared a lot of that with me. Which some of those stories I'd never you never told me before. But then it was like, damn, mm -hmm. well, how else were you supposed to turn out with yeah. stuff like that? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I distinctly just now when you were talking, I remember the one thing I I think that was during Bridges Life. I told you, and I'm not going to it now. I've let it go. It's it's in the past, but. Um, you remember I told you when I was a little kid and I had Coughing. a sore throat? Yes, and a, that's like that, Like that right there, I had never talked about that since I came, I can't remember. So it comes up and now I talk to you about it, mm -hmm. the person I love the most. And then I'm talking to these other people who are obviously trying to help me. Mm -hmm. This is very, so I now have two, that's what I was saying. You had two opportunities to talk about it and I had went through my whole life and never spoke about it mm -hmm. to anybody except my siblings. So yeah, I just think that it was a, it was it seemed like a really cool class for you. It seemed like it ex kind of helps you expand your thinking and just start thinking of a lot of things that you've done that maybe we know you didn't do what you did to be in prison, but we know a lot of things that you did that could have landed you in prison. Yeah. And you were able to really like dissect that and kind of atone for some of that stuff. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And, and, and also being in that class, it helped me because I ended up becoming a facilitator for that class. Mm -hmm. And the reason why they asked me to be a facilitator is because even though there was some good, my, some good cats in that class that was with me, um, 
there was still a lot of cats in there that had the prison culture and lived by the prison culture. So when you hear a guy telling the story that he can't stop doing certain things to like kids or whatnot and stuff like that, these guys are making him feel bad. These guys are, mm. are disrespecting him while he's telling his story. These guys oh, are disrespecting no. him afterwards. And I was like instrumental in being like, this is not what we're doing, bro. It's not what we're here for. Mm -hmm. And so that's why they came and got me and was like, will you help us in the future classes? But it, it was really hard for people to hear those stories and just be like going about your business and be like, oh, brother, it's gonna be okay. I get it. Yeah, I, I totally right. get it 100%, but everybody needs help. Cause you have no idea that there might be somebody who's sitting across from you who's diametrically opposed to robbing, to you robbing people mm -hmm. or diametrically opposed the way you're opposed to people touching kids to you killing somebody, but you did. Mm -hmm. So do they treat you like that? It's, it's like the same thing with Christians. You put degrees on your sins. Ex exactly. You think stealing is less than the person who had the affair or who, who killed somebody when it's like they're all sins. Exactly. So if the person's not doing that to you when you <clears> tell your story, it was just, I, was, I felt like it was just instrumental for all of us to be able to get what the, what the class offered to just everybody just show some damn respect. So all right, we're here for two hours a night. Just show some damn respect for two hours, okay? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I can't tell you what to do when you go back on the t in the tier, but just just be cool. And so, well, and I mean, <clears> what <throat> courage that was for the guys that were that knew they had stories that were going to get that garnered that response, and them still being willing to share because changing is that important to them. Mm -hmm. And to do that with knowing the stigma that's attached to that, I mean, to me, that's that's pretty amazing. Yeah, it is because that's hard. That's hard to do already to put a mirror to your face, but when you're putting a mirror to your face in front of what twenty other mirrors that are saying we will murder you for this mm -hmm. <laughs> this yeah. is something we will actually kill you for mm -hmm. because we just are that opposed to it but you're saying i don't want to be this i want to be better mm -hmm. this is the monster that's in me i want to it out and yes. i'm still willing to talk about it yes and that was in, in um judy she's the lady that started the program i can't can't for life of me remember her last name right now but judy started the program like i said somebody did something very heinous to her daughter and the very first class we go to she tells her story because she was in communication with the guy to kill her daughter. He's mm -hmm. in prison mm -hmm. and he goes up for parole every year. And the time I took the class, she was going down to Texas to ask for him to be released. Wow. Because she had forgiven him. But her point was, as, as heinous as that was, like I'm looking at him like you can make a difference out here in this world. Like, and I'm gonna go to say, you guys can let him out. Therefore, going forward in the class, if this guy did something to kids and he even do it to you, you can be at least respectful. Mm -hmm. If I can go down there and ask them to let um, this man out, right. you see what I'm saying? Right. So it was that was her. It, that it was real impactful. I was like, yeah, I was like, damn, that's dope because it it took a strength. Her story was, yeah, I, I don't know anybody who could have did what she did as far as like surviving and starting a program based off of, off of what she told us. Mm -hmm. Um. But yeah, Bridges to Life was was very very good. And you it, you enjoyed that class. Um, I mean, you had you were the facilitator, but did you tell him about your little girlfriend <laughs> with her ashy ankle ankles? Because oh, Rick Rock told me that she was sitting at you, looking at you, eye eye was. hustling your whole body. She was. So and when you the, here's the thing, you guys, when you when you're involved in programs like that, if people have a tendency to start uh, the volunteers be coming up on them streets trying yeah. to get them a baby daddy. <laughs> Yeah, people start taking liking to you to and they starting to get enamored with you. Um, and I think a lot of times, it's a lot of things, don't get twisted. Like some some cast is locked up, get at the volunteers. But I think a lot of times what I saw, 
people come up there with one idea and now when they see something else you've actually blown them away yeah so now it's like oh, damn so you I blew really away. you blew away I, 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 you I, I guess I did oh, okay. ask Rick Rock oh yeah cause Rick Rock yeah. was all he told Rick Rock came to the phone and was like sis Rick Rock <laughs> <laughs> Guess what happened today in class? Yeah, yeah. This old ashy ankle heifer was staring at your man. Listen, she was staring. <laughs> she wanted me. She was like, yeah, she followed me because I went to see the creek and facilitated there. Uh-huh. And she volunteered to come up there from yep, Shelton. She sure did. I, I, that. I actually I did like, a video Damn. about her when I was doing my Love After Lockup series. I quit the program because of that. Yeah, I remember. It was t- it, She was doing a lot. Yeah, I told. I went to it Judy and I told extra. her, I said, I said, I'm cool. I, I I really appreciate the opportunity, but I, I don't really want to do this anymore. And I didn't want to tell her why, but she ended up asking me. And so I was I was being honest. I was just like, you know, I just said just somebody's being a little bit relentless. You know what I'm saying? I've already given her the line mm-hmm. that I give them all. Like, thank you. I appreciate it. But my wife holds it down, mm-hmm. you know, and no, thank you. What was her response? She was cool. She was like, oh, OK. She was uh she was a but why did you but she's a cool but what was she doing after that when it's like she she never really quit so uh-huh. like when we come in and it was always the the long back rubs and then she want to sit next to me all the time and then she was like mm, get attitude when I be telling somebody a story and my wife comes up see and then that's when it comes that's when uh-huh. it be, that's when it becomes like okay now you tripping yeah you're tripping now you tripping so mm-hmm. um yeah, I ended up getting a part of that. But Bridges, overall, Bridges to Life was something that did. It, it did a lot towards my change. Here's the thing that I just thought about. Hmm. So in 2013, I was put in a home for something I didn't do. Mm-hmm. six month, And I was in there for six months. And I was, I remember how sometimes I still be thinking how fucked up and unjust that was. It I mean, was. It, it was just fucked up, right? Here's the thing that I didn't even tie together. So because after that investigation which the investigation basically said, okay, he's good, but we don't want him here because he has too much notoriety here. Mm -hmm. They end up sending me to a closed custody institution, even though I was, I had minimum points, right? So they said that he had too much notoriety because he got along very well with a lot of the guards. Mm -hmm. And they, when they would go and speak about him, they would say, speak highly. Yeah. And they didn't have a lot of bad things to say. So you would think that, you know, if someone has good rapport like that, that that would be a po- looked at as a positive thing. And in a lot of cases, it was. Mm-hmm. But if you are an inmate who is having every guard be like, oh, no, he's hella cool. No, we want him to work with us. And no, it becomes where they think, oh, you've ma- you've manipulated, you've masterminded something here. Mm-hmm. This is a problem. Instead mm-hmm. of him just being a good guy. Yeah. They think that there's some scheme that he's working they on. They don't even know how many times I didn't kept their ass from working 24 hours a day, seven days a week, because I didn't tell somebody you ain't stabbing somebody or you ain't doing this. Don't do that. Hand down. You know? <laughs> and so. Um, you ain't stabbing somebody. Like you ain't this riot ain't finna happen oh. because I used to basically sell, you know cats come to me for mm-hmm. this that and the third and it ain't going down. Man, push that to the side, go squash that, stall him out, that type of thing. Yeah. And they have no idea how many times I've done that. But you want to put me in the hole. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So now that can happen because mm-hmm. I ain't, I'm not the guy no more out on the on the main line to be able to tell cats not to do that. Anyway, fast forward, it was unjust. I ended up getting sent to a closed custody institution. That was the mistake. The mistake they sent me to a closed custody institution, and that is where I picked up my whole reentry bug. Mm. And I just I didn't even remember that that's exactly where it started. That is actually where it started. That's where it started because I had I took the ready for release class right. to become a facilitator, 
And I became a facilitator for that class. And then it was just like, bae. And I called you, I said, bae, it's something when you're talking to a cat and you see the light go on, you're like, there they realize okay. something. It's like, damn. I'm about to toot my own horn here because years ago when Babe was still locked up, and I'm sure this is why, but years ago, I mean, honestly, when you, I don't know if you remember this, when you first went to uh, county, do you remember how you helped that guy Gary get his GED? Yeah. And his mom was so grateful and thank, thankful. And mm -hmm. even till when I saw her last, she was just like, I am so grateful for him. You've been tutoring and mentoring from the beginning. That's just always been your, your shtick, whether you wanted it to be or not. Mm -hmm. And actually you never wanted it to be. <laughs> it just kind of always fell in your lap. Yeah. But. I saw that from you early on. And do you remember me saying like, babe, we gotta figure out how to, like, we gotta make all of this time. We gotta get paid doing something from this. We gotta figure out how to turn this around. And you should do like uh, motivational speaking or you should start working mm -hmm. on, you know, with these guys trying to get out. And you mm -hmm. were like, hell no. I wasn't ready for all that yet. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I bet you they don't know where that's from. I bet you don't know where that's from. I bet you most of y'all don't know where that's from. If, if you do, know, send a comment. Put it in the comments if you know where that's from. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do that to you every time you try to toot your own motherfucking horn. I'm going to do that shit to you. Break that shit down. I'll stop this shit right now. Shit. <laughs> anyway, I don't even know what I was saying. No, but you were telling me that we should get paid for it, do some motivational speaking. Yeah, and Babe was not having it. He did not want no parts of it. He was like, I don't want to do this when I get out of here. I'm done with this. That already took too much for me. And then now to see you be so into the reentry thing mm -hmm. and that be like, no, I would do this full time all day, every day. That cracks me up. I couldn't I couldn't separate it back then. Yeah, It I was all it. one entity for me. So then I had to start realizing that, no, you, you can be very instrumental in being a, pre the, a preventer yeah. of a lot of this stuff that's going on in these communities and whatnot. Um, and then another thing <laughs> is me having to acknowledge that any community that I was ever in, I was always, I was always a community pirate. You know what I'm saying? A, a, a pirate, like a pirate comes in and takes what he wants. Mm. You know, but he just takes, he just, he, he, he kills everything and then moves on. And and I'm just saying, like, I didn't, I didn't went to, I didn't, I didn't so, so dope, and you know what I'm saying, got into beefs and stuff like that in communities, and it's just not, it's just not cool. Mm -hmm. It just wasn't cool, and I wanted to do something different. I wanted to positively affect whatever community I was in, and so then I had to start with the community I was currently at, which was in prison. Yeah, start with that, and make it better. Then you can try to come out here and make the block better. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's when I started to separate the two. But yeah, you're right. You did call that back then. You're really good at it. I mean, even now, I just think you're really good at it. What I think that makes you so good at it, and I don't know if this is like an arrogant thing to say or not, but I think that you have this like really cool way of just being so confident in your skin that if you think it's cool, you just operate in that. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I think it's cool, so I'm gonna just move like it's cool. Mm -hmm. And what you end up doing is like making making these things that maybe other people think is like weird or soft or I don't know, whatever their holdup is. Mm -hmm. When there's like a cool guy that says it's cool to do, people, it's like a positive peer pressure thing. Yeah, And yeah. I think that's what 
what your effect has a lot. I don't want it to sound like I'm like pumping you to the point where I'm like, oh, he's so he's so no, cool. No, he's that right. he's that guy we're trying to be. It's not like that. It's just that I think you have just uh, confidence and you're so strong in just who you are that it makes people be like, whether they agree with what you're doing or not. It's just like I like the way he's just he stands mm-hmm. in that. Yeah. And it's not like you're you're not riding the fence. You're not like playing you know you're just not playing both sides you say i'm about to be a good dude i'm gonna work hard at being a good dude i might not make them i might not do it perfect perfectly but i'm gonna also tell you why how it wasn't perfect and then i'm gonna tell you how i got back up and try to do it again like mm-hmm. i'm gonna get back on this good guy guy yeah, thing and yeah. now you're just making good guy be cool <laughs> thank you baby i, I think appreciate you're doing it. i think that that's was a what... dope compliment thank you okay i you're appreciate welcome. that but i mean uh <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> it's just um <laughs> You know, yeah, I mean, I can't even add anything to that. Honestly, it was just it was just purposeful for me. And it just tugged at me because mm-hmm. um, I do. I remember when I when I really started to see it because I was able to <laughs> negatively and positively affect thugs all day. Right. And then, you know, how you used to ask me all the time, like some little white boy come up to me in this room. You'd be like, like, Always you talk to him? like <laughs> who is he? So some little nerdy little white dude comes to me, introduce his mom. Yeah, that's why he introduced his mom to he me because he likes visit. Me. We always have these random, like the tiniest little, most dorky little white boys would come over and be like, "Hey, Munch, I want to introduce you to my mom." And I'm just like, "How does this guy even know you?" What? So many times, and now he's introducing you. So your mom. many times they was about to, and be they're like, "Mom, he's the nicest guy. He was so good to me. He was really." This and this. I'm just like, how did you even run into this guy? There's so many times <laughs> that he was about to be a victim. Like it, it's it's like fresh fish on the line type shit. And I ain't mm. just talking about no sexual victim. I'm talking about cats gonna start getting them, getting they, that same mom to start sending money orders to them. Mm. Or I'm gonna hurt your son. And it's just like, nah, man, that's my little partner. Leave him alone. Yeah. So then what ends up happening is a lot of times I'd be on the yard and then I see some of my partners talking to the same white boy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like. Okay. You made the white boy cool. That made him cool, mm-hmm. you know? And it wasn't my mission, but it just ended up happening like that a lot of times. But um, but just just wanting to make a difference. And that's what I mean about effect positively affecting the community I was in. I mean, so many times, like, the yard was separated, and then all of a sudden it wasn't. And I'm not saying it's all because of me. But at the same time, um, I do remember how to, the impact I had, mm-hmm. you know? And sometimes, just like the incident I told you about with me and Capone, having to go over to the to the wood pile and said, oh, the wood pile is a spot that only the Pecker whites? Woods, <laughs> they call themselves Pecker Woods, the white boys, mm-hmm. they only can sit over there. And so I was just like, no, fuck that. You know what I'm saying? So me and my homeboy from Capone, from original front hood, I'm just gonna give it up. So my guy, um, we went over there and sat on it and said, anybody move us. Mm-hmm. And every, all the little black youngsters came over and they just came and sat with us. And then the white boys all the way on the other side, like looking at us like, the fuck are they doing? But they were scared to death to because they didn't know to approach us. <laughs> they they just like what the fuck is going on? Like are we in the twilight zone? Because this had been the woodpile for thirty years, mm. and no blacks could be on nope, it. No 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 other race could be on it. Mm. So you had these big cement bleachers that only the whites had on one side of the baseball diamond, and then you had another cement bleachers over here. But the blacks and Mexicans shared them. Mm. And only and it was cut in half, like the Mexicans sat on half of it. And it was like, why are we all fucking piled up over here? And they over there, it's not even that many of them. And they're just all spread out. They lean back and everything. We all bunched up on these fucking bleachers. And I was like, fuck that. I'm not doing that shit no more. And so um, when we, we, me and Capone sat down on the bleachers, 
We watched one of them because they were standing over there watching us for a whole hour. So when they called the gate, you can go in and out the gate. One of them went in and got the, what they call a sergeant at arms and he came out and he was basically like, he was the only one that approached us. So mm -hmm. he walked over there and then they all started coming over there. He was like, he was like Big Munchie, man, what's, what's going on? And I told him exactly what I'm telling y'all. I said, I'll tell you what's going on. I said, this right here ain't happening no more, bro. Not as long as I'm here. Like the fact of the matter is, Y'all got people scared to even walk in front of this damn thing. And I said, I don't know what type of scary blacks y'all got y'all used to, but I ain't one of them, mm -hmm. you know? And so, I'm not saying that to, to sound tough. What I'm saying you is- do, though. <laughs> you do. You crazy. <laughs> I'm not saying that to sound tough. I'm saying that to say that it's unacceptable for me to be around blacks that's not confident and don't know their strength mm -hmm. and think that they have something to be afraid of when you don't. That's the only thing I'm saying. That's the only thing I was saying then. So I wanted to make a difference because nobody else was going to. And Capone came with me, he didn't have to, but I would've did it by myself. And then, you know, um, basically long story short, they was like, the pile is open. And I mm -hmm. said, okay, but we're not calling it the pile. We're not calling it the wood pile. It's just fucking bleachers, bro. And this is a dude that I've been knowing for like, at this time, like 15 years, we've been locked up together. So there was this mutual respect Is it there. still open now? I don't know. Mm -hmm. I haven't talked to nobody at Monroe in years. I have no idea. Well, Monroe's closed, closed now, actually. So it's not. The whole thing? Monroe? Yeah. The inside? Monroe. Is it? Everybody's gone. Paul's gone. Everybody's gone. Yeah, that's right. I think there's like two people left over there. That's right. You're right. Because we just talked to Paul about that. Yeah. That's right. Paul. So, yeah, Monroe's closed. I wonder if it stayed, though. How long yeah, has it lasted? Since 2013, when I left, I haven't had no contact with nobody there, so I don't even know. Mm. But, um, but yeah, I mean, but incidents like, but let's get back to the point, is that just to be positive in anything I did in my walk, it didn't, it had to, the, the street stuff had to translate to this legitimate stuff. It mm -hmm. had to translate to the reentry part. I couldn't, I couldn't bully reentry. I couldn't do reentry like I did the streets. I could have mm -hmm. snatched them up, like you gonna go in and take this class. I can't, I can't do that. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So I had to lead by example. I had to be real. I couldn't do. I couldn't be straddling the fence. You know what I'm saying. In the beginning, <laughs> that was hard because that was a struggle for myself. But once I did, I started to see the positive effects. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so you did Bridges of the Life, building... Uh, Bridges of the Life, uh, release readiness. Yeah. Um, I about to say building Cairo. <laughs> um, And then it sounds the same, but then it's ready for release. Mm -hmm. uh, ready for release was Augustine and them. Yeah. So ready for release was a program that I took and it was... That it, really sparked him. Yeah, that was a program that was started by, at the time, was the vice president of the Urban League in Seattle, Augustine Sita. And so he, him, he brought some guys in that I had knew had been incarcerated before. Um, um, Franklin Smith. Mm -hmm. um, Tang. Tang. I'm trying to think of Tang's new name. Edward. That's Eddie something. Eddie Long. No, that's not it. <laughs> you just said, just pull the name out. Well, there is an Eddie Long. No, he's changed that. his name. That's why I can't remember. <clears throat> Purpose. Um, Eddie Purpose. Eddie Purpose. Yeah, excuse me. <laughs> Um, I got Eddie Purpose. He came in, and this is my guy. This is my little homie. Right mm -hmm. when, when back when he was uh, when he was locked up, and when he came in with that with those guys, they had got a contract with DLC to do a two day workshop, and they came in, and he came and sat right next to me, and he brought his little lunch in, he made a slide his sandwich over, and all that. Like that was my little homie. Mm -hmm. At the end of the two days, I said, I'll never want you to call me a big homie no more. I said, I'm proud of you, man. 
I'm proud of you. You my big homie now. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because he was really out there doing it. And to the day, Still even is. to this day, he's very, very successful. Mm-hmm. He's been sticking with it. He's been helping brothers left and right. He is not giving up on a community. That is my guy. But getting back to it, they brought this program in and it was uh, ready for release. And what they did was not only um, talk about reentry, but they gave brothers tools about dealing with conflict, how to um, discover your purpose, how to budget when you get out, um, doing mock interviews inside the institution to where you had to sit across and get asked questions and be able to do a real live interview was that a lot of most guys incarcerated has never done in their life. Mm-hmm. And to see guys that I had been incarcerated with, guys had been incarcerated in the past, this, this, this program was started at Monroe by an inmate. All C C D is a former inmate that used to sit in the room by himself and just came up with a whole curriculum. Mm. That curriculum ended up getting sold to DLC and that's how he ended up coming in. So he makes some money off of that. So that's what I'm saying, brothers. Like you you can start this shit in the joint. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Just like my guy did. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like that's you can really start dope. this shit in the joint and get the ball rolling so you can hit the ground running when you get out here. But I took that course and then um became a facilitator for for a number of years until I got out. And I still have a couple of those connections today. So, I mean, I'm saying all that to say that the programs that are offered in there can be vital and instrumental in your in your reintegration. And I highly, highly recommend people participate in them and give your all when you do, you know, because this shit ain't no hustle. Mm-mm. It's not a hustle. And a lot of people treat it like that. You know what I'm saying? And that's not to cast aspersions on anybody, but it, it, it's not a hustle, man. It's a real deal thing, and it can save some lives. I and mean, it's also damage when damage lies if you're involved with people and you're not serious about it, you know? Right. Because they're not gonna take it seriously. Number one, then number two, you lead them down the wrong path. And I just seen, I've, I'm done with that. I've seen enough of that. So why don't you tell the people, like, let's go down and list all your certificates because even we skipped off the educational part, but you've done some actual programs where you did building maintenance. You learned how to build some tiny houses. You learned how mm-hmm. to weld. You've learned how to HVAC plumbing, all that kind of stuff. So yeah. what are your what are your certificates that you got? You got an associate's too, right? The associate's was it's my trade associate's degree. That's the one for welding mm-hmm. um, from uh, Pierce College, um, the building maintenance. Uh, God, girl, you put me on the spot. Sorry. So I had building maintenance and it contest- it consisted of getting certified and degrees in plumbing and HVAC and electrical. Um, you had to take tests. You had to do it all. The whole nine guys came in from the streets from the, uh, the local union and had as you do the test. You had to pass that. Um, two years of, of welding class. I finished in a year and a half and got an associate's degree. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have a plethora of other certificates that just for classes that I've taken, I'm just trying to remember they kind of escaping me right now. I wish I'd have brought my folder. That's okay. Um, but basically he can build the house from the inside out or the walls out? Yeah, from the wall, well, walls in. Like, so I don't put siding on and all that, right. but you know, I know how to do a floor. I know how to build a sub floor and make sure I frame it. I know how to do uh, windows, doors. <laughs> I work for a door company now. That's why I'm saying that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and honestly, it's it's helped me because the reason why I took all these classes is because I knew this. You did horticulture? 
I did the horticulture class. I did, I wasn't good at horticulture mm-hmm. at all. That was the only one you weren't good yeah, at. I, I, I was not good at that at all. Yeah, a lot of damn classes. I don't know why they escaped me. But the reason why I did it is because when I was in prison, I knew I wasn't going to go sit behind somebody's desk. Mm-hmm. I knew I was going to have to get out and work with my hands. So anything that they offered that I could that would help me in that when I got out, I did, which it, it did. Mm-hmm. Like when I got out, it's exactly what I did. Um, I was, I said did a lot just you now. did. did. <sighs> But <laughs> I got out and um, literally worked in a production shop. And then I was, I was uh, installing security doors for uh, um, a little over a year and whatnot. And that just those classes and then doing that, because I've always been kind of a rough dude, but mm-hmm. I wasn't like putting it together rough, you know? Now I just. <laughs> okay. You know, you see me. Tink, tink, get Don't. mad, throw the hammer. All that. You had oh, to learn man. that in the classes. He did not. Yes, you did. They, they showed you that. how to throw the hammer without hitting your foot and without hitting nobody else. <laughs> Edu- education and and it's uh it's require it's it's requirement for you to communicate with people mm-hmm. is the two things that I'm trying to tell y'all about. If I had, if you don't take the education, then there's going to be a lot less communication that you do, and it's that's not going to be beneficial for you. Mm-hmm. You got to talk to teachers. You got to talk to other classmates. You're going to have to ask questions about how to do work. Work in a team setting. Yes, work those, with the partner. Like, those things is going to help you in your home and in your life out here on the streets. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you. Like that's is so many benefits to it. I can't even begin to tell you. Yeah, I mean, like he said, if you anything you can do while you're in there, like this is the time. Y'all got the time. So use it as productively mm-hmm. as you can. And yeah. if it's, you know, if they don't have the programs, that's why we're kind of telling you what programs he does have so that maybe you guys, you and your loved ones can look them up and maybe ask and advocate to bring those. Maybe you guys are the ones that can start them and bring them up. We have connections of people that started the programs that mm-hmm. we can give to you to talk to and see how they did it and see if they can bring it to where you are. But I mean, programming is the the way to rehabilitate mm-hmm. while you're in there. It, and Honestly, it's something that you, the inmate, has to seek out because they're not just coming to you and saying like, okay, class starts on Sunday. Come fill these papers out. Like you have to advocate for yourself to get in there and then you have to advocate for yourself to continue and finish. And it's it's hard. Like Rick Rock, he's been working on his stuff for how long? And depending on if you get moved or transferred while you're working on your degrees, that Mm -hmm. stuff stops and gets lost or you don't get to continue anymore. But it's a constant thing that you should be working on because if your goal is to come out here and be successful you have to start now it you can't do. start when you get out here it has to start before and even if it's classes you'll never use just the getting your mind to be thinking and using your mind in that way mm-hmm. is very important because out here it is going to be a way different thing than having um which babe is he's he's admitted or you know shared that it's it was really hard figuring out your time management when you don't have just structured time all day you only can do this and then you only can do this and then you only can do this whereas out here it's just spaghetti the noodles are just all in through everything it's Mm -hmm. not there's not blocked off sections so the more you can get your mind to be working and just thinking and using it in different ways the more successful you can be yeah good well said babe Mm -hmm. and lastly what I didn't say at the beginning was don't let the institution dictate the education that you want. 
A lot of times the institution won't tell you, but you are allowed to take correspondence courses outside of the institution. Mm -hmm. And that is also an option. Mm -hmm. And if you do that, then you can be more focused on what it is you want. You can be working towards your degree instead mm -hmm. of having just the class that they offer because this is what the state can afford to offer. So if you do that, and, and honestly, I wish I would have did that more mm -hmm. honestly, because um, it's just, it just, I think would have helped me a lot in, in, didn't I, wouldn't it have been though that I would have had to pay for it? Yeah. That he, was the thing. I think why you didn't is because I would have had to pay for it and this like paying for college classes. Mm -hmm. So it could be a little pricey. They might have more options too now. Yeah. More resources. Yeah. But other things that you can do too, just as a family member of someone who's incarcerated, let's say that, you know, they're not feeling very motivated because when you get into prison, I don't know how you wouldn't be depressed for the first few years. It's a huge culture shock and you're just in this place it's mm -hmm. like what the hell so um if they're not expressing like a lot of interest but you know like maybe they're interested in cars or whatever their thing is with him they had it where every quarter i could send him in books from the actual mm -hmm. like from amazon mm -hmm. so at the time he was really into like money management and he wanted to learn how you know trump was doing all his things this is before he was president <laughs> um but I, I sent him different Trump books. I sent him like Jay-Z books or just things that would get him inspired and keep him motivated so he could read about other people's lives mm -hmm. um, and what they went through and their triumphs and their their successes. So, I mean, if that's an option, if they don't have that, maybe you can advocate, advocate for that, too. But just mm -hmm. finding different ways to try to open up their mind, to just expand them a little bit and just spark the interest. Because then once the interest is sparked, they'll they'll be all into what they're doing and then that'll help you help them better Absolutely. as far as finding things that they can do. Absolutely. Good. Well, uh, well said again. Look I mean, you. you know. Well, you were there. <laughs> I was. So I just you do did know, it for you a know little bit shit. of time. <laughs> you, you do know some shit. But yeah, and definitely I encourage Casta, <clears throat> even if you're not taking classes, just read. Go to the fucking library and get you a book mm -hmm. and read a damn book. Because I, I'm telling you, you run into a lot of cats out here that don't know, that don't, that have never read a book in their damn life. And I'm not even talking about cats that's incarcerated. I'm just saying, yeah. that's just to give you a leg up, and it gets, it keeps the hamster wheel ro uh, rolling. One of the things that I figured, I educated myself, how I educated myself when I was reading is I learned how words are used by reading, because you see it in the sentence you meet, you see the context of the conversation, and and you, now you know, oh, this word I've been hearing all this time, that's how it's used. Mm -hmm. Like that is how I, because nobody ever fucking taught me anything. I learned a lot of shit from reading. Mm -hmm. So I tell people that all the time, you know, you don't want to be a dumb fuck out here, and I'm sorry to say. So, you know, get you a damn book. Because I ran to a cat the other day. Okay. I'm not even playing at my job. And he thought that a right to bear arms would meant short sleeves for everybody. I said, listen, I bro, something crazy that's not coming. what it fucking means. <laughs> it's so frustrating. Just read a fucking book, y'all, please. Okay? <laughs> What's funny about that? You don't... You need to stop laughing at people. You're so annoying. You need to leave people alone. But seriously, I mean, <laughs> y'all read a read while you up in there, man. I don't read care what book. it is. Yeah, <laughs> I don't care if it's a novel, an autobiography. It doesn't always. It doesn't. It could be a self help book. It doesn't always have to be like this real, real deep thing. But just having some time where you're using your brain yeah. and your imagination, where those are the two things that prison doesn't want you to do. Mm -hmm. Just do it. Yeah, because it's going to be hard. You're going to be hard pressed to find time to be able to do that out here. Oh, yeah. Because I don't think you read no books since you've been home. I ain't I ain't, no books. It's hard for me to find time and to I read. Brought, I'll listen to them. And I brought all of my books home. Mm -hmm. I ain't giving none of my books away to nobody. I brought That's all the my other books thing. home. Tell the, tell the people they can leave the keyboard. No. 
Listen, that's they all. can leave the keyword. They can give the books. Mm-hmm. Y'all so need to bring none of that home. I bought. I bought a keyboard <laughs> with the intent of teaching myself how to play the piano, Not so one. I can play that one song Will Smith played at the end of the first episode, of Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Oh Beethoven. my God! I was gonna play that one day, right? <laughs> I use my I use my keyboard as a speaker, so my my cell was bumping. I put my music on. Boom, Okay. Thank you for that. If you guys watch Love After Lockup, there was an episode where one of the men came out and she was standing there to pick him up and he came out with his keyboard on his back. The keyboard is so instrumental in your comfort though because like you got these little these little flimsy ditzy ass TVs and you can't the speakers on them not good. There's noise right outside your shell so you can't really hear the keyboard. You can have your little surround sound. Or when the Super Bowl or the football game on, you can put it on through the keyboard. So yeah, cats want to keep their little keyboard. They just got attached you're to that thing. Coming home to real surround sound. No, you're right, but they <laughs> okay. That's no honestly, there's no excuse for nobody who's been locked up who just got locked up recently. But I was locked yeah, up before true. all that shit was right. like popular. So yeah, I didn't know it. But yeah, I sure brought that. Uh, thing to work with you sure did. I got clowned and then they sit to home with me they were like could you have your wife come pick up this uh <laughs> What's what's her name went straight to the D uh, oh god the word of the work release yeah Miss right no Miss Miss she clowned me about this she said what are you doing with this keyboard what is her name that was your buddy that was my partner um Miss damn I forget names y'all we I do names. she was cool but I, I be forgetting names all the time that's um, crazy you call her something though. You had her in your phone like as like New York or something like yeah, a name, yeah. uh, city. Anyway, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if this is the most um, seamless episode, but I'm hoping that what you got out of this episode is we were just trying to give you examples of the few examples that they have available for rehabilitation while you're in there and mm-hmm. just programming education that kind of thing and then how babe used them and then hopefully it would give you some suggestions or ideas to, to talk to your partner about and if they aren't things that they are that they have available maybe you guys can start working on mm-hmm. getting them in there and we would love to talk to you and maybe connect you with people we know that are doing those programs so if there's something we can do hit yeah. us up um, you can always catch us in the comments here but for me specifically just if you want to more um, a little more detail you can hit me up on my um, Instagram it's at the real spice life TV you can send me a DM there I can, I'm on that all the time and then that's the other way to just kind of catch us up with our more personal everyday lives I'll put a lot of stuff on there mm-hmm. um, but then we'll be back every Thursday um uh, yeah, every Thursday we'll drop a new episode. And what we would really appreciate is if you guys could like, subscribe, comment, and share this episode out. And any of the other episodes that you see mm-hmm. that you might think someone else could be find interesting. Um, our goal is to really grow this podcast. We want it to be a real legit podcast. Oh, it will be. Don't let me get an ad. If I get an ad? If we get an ad? What you gonna do? Lose it. Lose my mind. That's like official. You were an official <laughs> podcast then. No, nah, 100%. But we need y'all to do that. And y'all have been so gracious and so helpful. So we hope that you will continue to do that with the love and support that you're giving us. Mm-hmm. But until the next time, we'll be back. We will be. Y'all remember to stay blessed, stay black, and stay beautiful. Yeah, for sure. Read them books. Pick a book. Read Get a book. education, man. Till next time, y'all. Bye, guys. Peace.